Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, sunshines. You are listening to the Evolvepreneur After Hour Show, and I am your host, Christine Campbell Rappin. I am on a complete and utter mission to help entrepreneurs make a difference. We've got to navigate this really messy world of startup, relaunch, plot twists, and sometimes that word called pivot. Um, join me today. We're going to be digging into a deep dive with our guest who's going to share with you her lessons learned, some insights, and help you to fast track your business. So today's very special guest is Karen Ford. She is a master financial coach, public speaker, entrepreneur, and author who's coached people with a variety of money issues, from everything to just $500 in debt to $800,000. She's coached folks with up to six credit cards and taught them how to pay down and pay off those credit cards in a record time. She is on a mission to inspire others to rid themselves of debt and build wealth. She encourages people to break the shackles of debt and give valuable insights into building wealth so you can experience financial freedom. She has a number one Amazon bestselling book called Money Matters, and it is a discovery for many. This book is not just motivation, but practical. She's an avid real estate investor who enjoys buying, selling, and flipping properties. She's even brought properties for as little as 10 bucks and turned them into a few dollars into thousands. In Money Matters, she's going to provide the keys to demolishing debt, shares how to budget correctly, gives principle in wealth building, and she's going to show us how to do that in our episode today. So Karen, a very warm welcome. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here with you. <laughs> I love this. So guys, she is, she's all about the money and making money work for you, but we didn't start here. And I'm curious. I always say to people, tell me, did you imagine you would be an entrepreneur or what was the catalyst that brought you on the journey you are now facing as a money coach? Well, I never imagined myself as a money coach per se. I actually am a registered nurse. <laughs> but I have not practiced as a registered nurse for several years. I had a friend of mine tell me one day, you're really good with numbers. You're really great with money. I think you ought to get some further training and, and become a coach. And that's exactly what I did. I took them up on that offer and I pursued getting more training and I did. And I absolutely fell in love with it, Christine. I love helping people. And I'm, I'm wondering if maybe some listeners are thinking, wow, there's no connection there between a nurse and a master financial coach. And how did that happen? Well, to be honest with you, I love helping people. I root for the underdog. You know, there's nothing wrong with being wealthy. I just go for the underdog. I want to see people win. I don't like it when people are bullied. I just, I go for the underdog. So some people have never learned how to budget. They've never learned how to balance a checkbook, if you can believe it. Um, you know, I've coached a variety of people from 18 years of age all the way up to, I think my oldest, oldest uh, person I coached was 76 or 78 years old. And the common theme was they were never, not, never taught how to budget. And to me, that's just a travesty. Certainly not their fault. Because if you don't know, you don't know. And you can't really teach yourself something if you don't even know where to begin. And that's where I come in. And I just really love to see people win with money. No, I love this because I think there is often this belief that, that most entrepreneurs, you know, had this burning desire from a young age. And I know that's my story, but it's really not the majority. And it was somebody else's insight into an area you had a skill 
where you took the courage to lean in and say, yeah, this might be really interesting. But I'm curious because saying I'm great at mind, deciding to build a business around helping others, which means <laughs> finding clients, talk to me about the struggle or the leap into, okay, how do I move from knowledge and capability to creating a business? That is a great question. Actually, that's a loaded question. What I did, you know, I started small. I started advertising on Facebook. I just put, started putting it out there, let them know with bullet points, this is what I do. Um, you know, and then I actually had people start contacting me. And so I would meet on with them one-on-one -on -one and then word of mouth, oh, word of mouth is huge. Because if you can help somebody else win with money or be successful in whatever area, whatever area you're coaching them in, guaranteed they are going to sing your praises uh, and let other people know. Uh, and then using Google reviews is a big thing as well, because Google is just everywhere. Uh, and you'd be surprised how well that search engine works. Facebook, Instagram, all of it. And then word of mouth, I would have to say, would be the biggest one. Uh, because if you have one client that says something bad about you, Oh, that's really, that's unfortunate. So you always want to be your best, do your best and help them win in the area that you're coaching them. in. Yeah. You know, I, I think this is so true. If you are not visible, how do you expect people to find you? And, you know, when you're giving care to a client, which in my opinion is about serving at the highest level, you know, you never get to, you should never get to a place of a bad Google review. If you are managing connection and supporting during the journey. Uh, usually a breakdown of that level indicates something has gone awry, but you didn't get there overnight, the same way that you don't build a business overnight. So I'm curious on your journey, now what's the thing that if you look back now, you go, I wish I'd known this sooner or I knew it and I implemented it. Tell me a little bit about that look back in the far lens. I think I probably would have advertised a lot more even in the beginning. I started small. I was a little bit hesitant, uh, not in my expertise, not, not in that, but my thoughts were, is this really going to work? Putting it on Facebook, putting it on Instagram, asking people to write a Google review. And I just got bold. I thought, you know what? Ask not, get not. If you don't ask, you're definitely not going to get it. And what's the harm in asking? The worst case scenario is they'll say yes and they don't do it, which most people will not do that if they're a person of integrity. But if you ask, most of the time they're going to say yes because it doesn't really cost them anything to take two minutes to write a Google review or to share a Facebook post or an Instagram video, uh, anything like that. I think what I would have done in the beginning is I would have just, plunged in the deep end of the pool instead of wading it out. I think I would have just jumped in and uh, done it. <laughs> a lot interesting one. It's a reflection of speed. And, and this is an interesting one. I had this conversation this morning and I said, you know, you get to choose the speed at which you travel. And you often look back and go, why was I so slow to jump in and, and to really commit one of the biggest lessons entrepreneurs learn is how important it is to close the back door. Because if you have doubt on the table and if you have that rear view mirror of I could go back to the shoreline or I go back to safety, you you 
get in your own way. So I'm curious if there was a moment when you were in the decision, you've been an RN, you've been practicing, you know you've got a budding business, starting small, when you had to go, I have to be all in. And what did that look like? Take me through the process in your brain and the hesitations you may have felt. I think it was one day I got up in the morning and I started working on a, another seminar and I just thought, you know, what are you doing? Just do it. And and it was an epiphany, to be honest with you. And I just started posting on Facebook. I started sending out emails to friends or people that I know that I had coached, of course, the friends I had coached as well, and asked them to, you know, take two minutes to write a Google review. And I just thought, you know, I'm just going to keep this out there because visibility is key. If people don't know that you exist or what you're about or what you do, then they have no way of knowing that. Of course, word of mouth is a big is a big deal, but really just get it out there. And I just thought it doesn't cost me anything. Just do it. Why not? <laughs> I want to cheer loudly from the stands on that because just do it is such a great attitude to have in business because no one will carry your business dream for you. And I want to know how has your vision modified or amplified as you started to gain momentum? Because we know there was a best-selling book. How did that come about? And what was the strategy for the growth that you've seen and the hope that it brings for you? Well, writing the book, I thought, you know what? I'm only one person. I can only be at one place at one time at any given time. And I thought, I need to write a book because books can go worldwide. Why not? So, of course, that was a process of writing because I do not consider myself a literary person. I did not enjoy writing, and I still don't enjoy writing. It's a painful process. I don't enjoy it. So I would take 15 or 20 minutes at a time. I would not sit down at the table for hours with my laptop. It would be 15 to 20 minutes. I would focus. I would type, and then I would leave it and then come back to it. But I just decided, you know what, just do this, get the book out, market it, put it on Amazon, put it on your website, just put it out there. And I started selling, I started having more speaking engagements. And of course, all of the contact information is in the book as well. So, and again, word of mouth is huge because when you have a speaking engagement, there are other people there that hear you that may want you to speak at their conference or have a seminar in their hometown, whatever the case may be. But word of mouth is huge. And the more you speak, the better you get at it, or you should get at it. Uh, the more confident you become, the more comfortable you become. And it just keeps evolving, just to be honest with you. It just keeps growing. It's kind of like a stone skipping on a, a pond and you have all of those rings going out. It's just, it catches, it just keeps going. So it, I'm just very excited about it. I I had uh, a, a lady, I was on her podcast probably five years ago, and uh, we didn't really stay connected, but we had a connection on that podcast. And one year later, I was speaking in a women's conference in her hometown that she invited me to keep, be a key speaker of. And I have been speaking at that conference every year since in New Jersey. So it just, you know, it's word of mouth and getting yourself out there. And I just so enjoy it. You know, there's there's a story I tell my clients, and it is all about your activity needs to create movement. And oh. movement leads to momentum. 
And we call it the long tail of, you know, the gifts that keep giving. And that could be a book, which is about credibility. It is about then the authority piece. It is also a, a little bit about, you know, that, that you see, you call it the word of mouth, which is, you know, their social proof is so yeah. important when people are deciding to spend money. But one of the things I want to, you know, shift here in the conversation is there's a lot of misunderstandings between the difference between a money coach and a financial advisor. And I'm curious when you're out trying to bring in new audiences, how how do you tackle that? Because I think you know, people might not know the differences and how do you view the difference and what makes well, you a financial advisor is actually going to give you a lot of information as far as what they're advising you to do. A coach is what I am. And I'm trying to get you to come up with the answer yourself by a series of questions and some information that I'm going to give you. But I'm not going to steer you in the direction. I want you to come up with the answer yourself. But uh, but that is with the series of questions. I'm going, to, I'm going to require some information from you. I want to find out what your income is, what are your monthly bills, what are your goals and your dreams 10 years from now, five years from now. Even a year from now, do you want to demolish debt? What debts do you have? I'm going to ask a lot of questions. And then I'm going to find out how do you handle money presently? Some people don't, they have no budget whatsoever. And so I want to explain a budget. And then, you know, I'm going to, here's an example. I was coaching a young man one time. We went over his income. We went over his debts. He didn't have very much debt, but I thought, where is all this money going? He's 26, 27 years old, and I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, all of a sudden, I just said, do you drink coffee? <laughs> I don't even know where that question came from. He said, yes, I do. And I said, do you drink it at home, or what What do you do? He says, oh, no, I don't even have a coffee pot at home. And I thought, aha, now I know where it's going. So I said, okay, tell me how often and where do you go? And he drove through Starbucks every day on his way to work. And I said, what do you get? And he told me. And I said, how much does that cost you? And he told me. And he never saw it before. And I said, so you do this every day? And he said, yes. And I said, and you work five days a week? He said, yes, and sometimes six. And so I calculated it. And I said, do you realize you're spending $400 a month uh, on that coffee? And he had a deer in the headlight moment. So I am like a magnifying glass or a set of binoculars where I am, I am on the outside looking in, but you're in it and you don't see it, but it's obvious to me. So I didn't say, stop going to Starbucks. I didn't say you need to stop that or you need to change that. I simply figured out where his money was going and said, this is how much money you're spending a month. And then I said, because people don't like to change, but we don't mind adjusting. So I said, would you like to adjust that? And he said, yes, I would. I said, what are you willing to do? Because I know what he should be willing to do. But if he's not willing to do what my idea is, he's not going to do it. But if he comes up with the plan, he's going to stick with it. So he decided he was only go, going to go through Starbucks drive through one day a week. It was going to be every Friday at the end of the work week. And he saved himself hundreds of dollars 
by making that small tweak. Because if we can make a small tweak in our money, then we can make big peaks in our money. I love that because this is true. This is true. That copy story I know is, is often illuminating. Uh, everyone's got a habit or I call it a leaky bucket. This was actually a conversation I had with with clients just this week and said, let's, you know, it's not how much you make. You can make any amount of money you like. And I truly believe that because there's such an abundance of wealth available to all of us if we have the courage to create the roadmap to get there. But the challenge can often be that we go into the leaky bucket and we don't know what little drips are leading to the fact that there is no water left in the bucket. And it could be, you know, all of your um, technologies. It could be that you have over tech relative to the size of your business. And I think business is elegantly simple. I said, you know, what you need at a six-figure business is very different than you need at a million. Right. And those tools change, but sometimes we are not aware of that bottom line. And you're really focused on helping them see the light, but at the same time, plug the bucket holes and make growth happen. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on, you know, why is money such a mystery? <laughs> I think some, I think it's a combination of several things. Uh, when I was in public school many, many years ago, <laughs> we were taught how to balance a checkbook. We were actually taught how to create a budget. And I'm not sure that that is occurring in today's school system. So that's number one. Number two, back when I was growing up many, many years ago, a lot of times people had uh, both parents in the home, but only one worked. And so one parent was at home uh, and all, there was only one breadwinner. So that looked a lot different than today. Today, we have both parents working. So when they come home, they're tired. They, they don't necessarily want to go over money or teach money strategies, strategies to their children. And it's no fault of theirs. They're just tired, <laughs> you know. So, and sometimes the parents don't know how to handle money. And certainly if the parents don't know how to money handle money, it's going to trend down or trickle down to the kids because if they aren't learning it in school and the parents don't know how to handle money and they've got credit cards maxed out and all the kids see is we have a nice house and we've got two cars and, and a dog and, you know, we're in all kinds of sports. None of that is, none of that is wrong. But if you're charging, charging, charging and going into debt, 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 and you don't have any money in the bank, that can become a big problem. And so I think today's culture and society, we are impatient. We're fast paced. We can buy things at a click of a thumb on our on our phone and have it on our doorstep, doorstep in an hour. If you have Amazon now, Amazon Prime, it's on your doorstep in a day. But we're fast-paced, we're impatient, and many times people that are getting married today want to have the lifestyle, the house, the cars that their parents presently have. And there's nothing wrong with that. But they have to remember, your parents probably took 20 to 25 to 30 years to have this lifestyle they have now, and you want that lifestyle right now starting off. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as you can afford it. 
it's true. It's never been so easy to one, have access to money and two, the fact that we don't work actually mostly in cash for, for certainly the Western right. world. It can be a dangerous spin because you don't know that $400 you spent on coffee and you are very right with that shift in generation is like, I don't want to have to necessarily see all those steps t I took to get there. I just want to get there yesterday and uh, social media has played a role in that. So I'm curious, you know, as you look to your future and the roles of what you want to do, and that's about creating bigger impact and helping more people win with money. What's the roadblock in your business to seeing more success? I would have to say, um, hmm, a roadblock. I would just have to say, I just need to uh, advertise more, to be honest with you to get myself out there more because I'm busy writing, I'm busy speaking, I'm busy one-on-one -on -one coaching. But so I wouldn't say there's necessarily a roadblock because my business is growing, but I think that if I want it to grow more quickly, then I need to advertise more. That is what I'd have to say. That's right. You've got to put your focus. Well, I always tell people, you know, in my opinion, your know, business is elegantly simple. We focus on the three things that really grow our business, which is, guys, you got to meet more people, more ways, more often. You've got to know where your value is and the results that you can get because people are going to pay for the result, not your time. And thirdly is, of course, you've got to make the offers. You've got to actually have that conversation of, would you like my help? I'm excited by the impact you're creating. I want you to tell us one year from now, what a success look like in your world? Oh, Wow. I would have to say success would look in my world um, that my income will double and that I will have more uh, clients who are also pleased uh, with the coaching that I provide. Um, and that creates, again, momentum where it's more word of mouth. I love it. Cast the vision, make it epic because that's really what it's all about. Guys, we're so excited to have sat down with Karen. It's talking us all about how to win with money. I want to thank you for joining us on another amazing episode. The After Hours program is really about guests who are going to share their journeys from startup to success, building momentum and regrouping as it takes us on the journey. If you are looking to be on our show, please reach out. And while you're here, please give us a five-star review. We'd love to have you on us. Karen, thank you very much for being our guest today. This is about creating impact, growing one step at a time. We will catch you on our next episode. My pleasure.